the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to today's program because it's Thursday. This is the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and we're here every weekday to take your phone calls and answer your Bible questions or life questions, especially ladies. This is a day that we set aside for you with Paula being live in studio with us. Today we are broadcasting from Plano, Texas. We are at a pastor's conference uh, until from now until Saturday. Uh, so we travel so we can continue the conversation with you. Here are the phone numbers for your live calls and questions. 340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can also send them in via our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. Just a word of caution, because we're in Plano, uh, we don't know what the email situation, how quickly they're going to get to us uh, if you send them in that way. So it would be better if you call. Paula, welcome to the program. Thank you, baby. What's on your heart? Oh, there's so much on my heart. I was just thinking, <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, as we, you know, I didn't really know what I was going to talk about today, but I just wrote down this. Um, what a difference a year makes. When we came here last year, you were not feeling very well, and we couldn't figure out what was going on and stuff. But, um, of course, you know, everybody knows. Everybody knows that you had a, a heart issue. Um, but, you know, today, what a difference. Um just knowing that you're you're feeling okay and we just kind of had more fun your 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 back it's like my <laughs> jolly my jolly guy is back the one who you know though you're not the greatest talker believe it or not radio listening audience he doesn't talk <laughs> as much as you think he does he teaches and he answers your questions but he doesn't really talk as much as uh, you might think he does but he's been my jolly my jolly guy today with our family um pastor ken and may and sam and dawn and of course me and it's just been a lot better i'm just very grateful yeah i get very emotional thinking about this last year because it was so difficult um when you're healthy and all of a sudden something extreme or weird happens and that's the only words i can use to describe it um, it's it's just one of those things you don't know how to respond and you don't know um, my first thought was well I, I'm born to do what I do I, 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 I want to be the pastor at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio and I, I love being your husband and um, you know just the thought when a doctor says sudden cardiac death the thought of that not being possible uh, is a little bit more than we can bear but for me over the last uh, almost year now um, the, the really difficult process is getting to back to that place where I'm reliable and steady. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do the things that I've always taken for granted. I no longer take those things for granted. We just came back from Easter as 
we've talked about mm-hmm. uh, last Sunday. And, uh, you know, I missed last Easter. I've never missed anything. And I missed last Easter. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm grateful to God for what he's done, for the extra time that we've been given. And um, normal is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a fun day already, even though we had to get up kind of early and get going on our date day. It's, we missed the pancake house. You going to be okay? Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> what was funny <laughs> is when I got on the airplane, uh-huh. uh, walked on, you know how it is southwest, you're kind of herded in like cattle, and you've got this real narrow aisle, and uh, as I'm going down the plane uh, to find a seat for, for four of us to sit, I hear this, that's Ron! <laughs> and I looked up, and it was the owner of the pancake place that we go to yeah, all the time, yeah. and his wife, uh, Robert and Sheila. Uh-huh. And he looked at me, and he goes, wait, this is Thursday. You're supposed to be at my restaurant. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to my business? Why are you here? <laughs> and so we just laughed, had a good time. And then I walked a few more steps, and one of the flight attendants says, oh, you're Mr. Popular. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's just a friend. But uh, So we did. We missed the pancake. Yeah, we did. But we didn't miss seeing... Uh, Robert and Sheila today, so um, yeah, it's been a good day. Flying is always, traveling is always uncomfortable for me. Yeah, jet lag for what? A little 50-minute flight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not a great traveler. I like, as you know, I would be happier if I could live my entire life within a one-mile radius. I know. And walk everywhere I go yeah. and not have to worry about putting people out, having to take me places. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's my grandpa. So, so That was my grandpa. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, you're we're, married to him now. we're there, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to talk about Easter Sunday um, because you were talking about uh, the confidence that we have in the empty tomb and you, you went to um, Matthew 28, 5 through 7. The first verse you were saying, because of the empty tomb, we need not be afraid. And then the second part of your study, you t- the Lord says, come and see. And then the third part of that study was go quickly and tell. And so, you know, so many of us, including me, uh, can live in fear. Just so afraid when the Lord says, you know, do this or, you know, that deny yourself or submit to one another. I mean, those kind of things are kind of spooky because if you give up yourself, whoa, what's going to happen? And so um, the Lord says, don't be afraid um, to come to him and lay everything down. Um, You were talking about our world is just terrified of everything you just went on a crazy list we're afraid for our kids to walk to school afraid for them once they get there afraid to open our front doors there's terrorist attacks we're afraid of being quiet we're afraid of our futures our jobs you just went on and on i was like oh my goodness can i write fast enough (laughs) um and then you said you know what with all of those things don't let noise or fear drown out what God wants to do. Yeah. You know, Paula, one of the things that um, we have to remember in, in, in the passage of Scripture that I taught from, it was the angel's words. Um, he's the one who said, don't be afraid. Angels are always saying, don't be afraid. He's the one who said, come and see. Uh, he's the one who said, now go and tell, and quickly go and tell. Um, and, and it was a message preached by an angel of the Lord uh, in a graveyard. It wasn't preached in a church. But it's one of the most important instructives that we as Christians can have. Um, fear paralyzes people. Uh, fear keeps us from taking steps of faith. Uh, fear keeps us from sharing our faith with others. And um, the first thing that we who are Christians have to remember always is that we have good news. We have good news. Think for a moment, to everybody in the audience, think for a moment about somebody who's really hurting, somebody that you care about, and somebody that you love. And you can go tell them something that is counter to everything the world teaches us, and that's you can go say, look, you don't have to be afraid. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good message. And I, I, I know we're uncomfortable sharing, but... Um, we, we shouldn't be reluctant to do so because we, we carry the best message. For those of us who are believers, you have to understand that the very best thing that can happen to somebody you care about is that you share the truth of your Jesus Christ with them. 
So don't be afraid. Don't be nervous. Don't be uncomfortable. Don't worry about what they're going to say or how they're going to respond. Just share this wonderful news and communicate it in such a way that it's um, um, it, it looks like you believe it's good news. And I think one of the things that we have happen often is that we share our glorious gospel and we do it in a way that leaves people a little bit confused, almost like, well, they didn't seem very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what we need to do is we need we need just just share the message. So we we are told not to be afraid. The second part of the angel's message was uh, come and see. Mm-hmm. And in the Easter message, Paula, because there's always a lot of unbelievers, we had a bunch of people get saved on Easter Sunday in our two services. You know there's going to be unbelievers there, and, and you know that there are going to be cynics and skeptics. One man on Sunday, Paula, actually said to one of my pastors, uh, well, did you give your heart to Jesus? No, there's just not enough evidence. I spent the whole 40 minutes, 45 minutes that I was talking, talking about the evidence. And the angel said, go look for yourself. And what we have to do is encourage those cynics and those skeptics to go take a look at the empty tomb. If they deal with the empty tomb, they needn't have any more evidence. Mm -hmm. Jesus was real. That's historical fact beyond any dispute. Jesus was murdered. We know that from extra-biblical historical sources. We also know that this Jesus appeared to be alive after from cynical sources. Josephus, the Jew uh, who was writing history for Rome, said, you know, the, the evidence is overwhelming. There's no doubting that this one who is dead is alive. So we have to tell people, if, if you're worried about whether or not there's enough evidence, go check out for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't depend on what TV says or what everybody else says. Don't use the same old lame excuses. Be intellectually honest enough to at least say, you know what, I'm going to take a look for myself. And if you'll do that, you'll discover that the truth that we have is so verifiable that in order to reject it, you have to do it purposefully. And God gives us the choice to accept or reject, but I just want people to, when they reject it, to understand that, well, you're free to do that, but you're not free to escape the consequences. Mm-hmm. And the consequences of that rejection is an eternity spent in torment separate from God. So you tell people, go check it out for yourself. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to what anybody else says who says there is no Jesus or there is no God. Find out for yourself, and then you've got a choice to make. Yeah. And then finally, the summary was... When you do, go tell people. Mm-hmm. That's what you got to do. Yeah. You know, Paula, we were on an airplane today, and the guy sitting next to us yeah. uh, turned out to be a Christian. His name was Larry. Nice, nice guy. Mm-hmm. He was a Jew who found faith in Jesus Christ a dozen or so years ago. And uh, he had all kinds of questions, and he was just great to talk to. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of the way we broke the the, the, the tension with him was I, I heard him just before the plane took off saying goodbye to his wife and he talked so kindly to her so tenderly and lovingly mm-hmm. to her and so I sort of congratulated him on that I said man that's great I I heard you talking to your wife the way you spoke to her was so kind I kind of figured that you were a believer mm-hmm. and that opened the door to uh, nearly an hour's worth of conversation um, now for him he's a believer already but that man might have been um, in that airplane sitting there with the weight of the world on his shoulders. He might not have known Jesus. So you got to tell people. Mm-hmm. And I know that makes people uncomfortable, but you got to tell people. Yeah. And also, even as believers, um, we continue to share, as the Lord says, you know, just keep encouraging one another with these things. Because even though he was a believer, he had questions that, he, I mean, he struggled with. A couple of things, and he was able to say, I don't want to put you on the spot, but since you did say you have a call-in radio program, I have a question. <laughs> and so it was kind of, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in the middle listening to these guys talking back and forth, and so it was really it was really fun to be able to sit there. And again, last year, you were just like with your head down and your eyes closed, just trying to survive, and this year, you're just like, bring it, you know? <laughs> I was just having a, a blast to hear um that someone else was interested, though he's a Christian and has been teaching at his church, um, we still need to grow, know and grow. 
It was awesome. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any questions or calls, especially ladies, this is the day that we like to set aside for you. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. You're talking about, um, you know, go quickly and tell. Uh, I mean, that's the reason why Jesus left us here, is to go and tell. And uh, we do have the answer. I, I say that all the time. You know, people come with their issues, and and in the morning, sometimes this is what I'll say when the phone has been ringing or I get texts and, you know, there's counseling sessions and stuff, babe, we have the answer. Mm -hmm. Babe, we have the answer. And, you know, everybody, not everybody, but most Christians have a pretty good testimony that we are to turn around and share. And you think, I don't have enough to talk about, Um, but you know what God has done in your life. And so it's it's really kind of fun when um, we go places. And it seems like the Lord is so funny. He will kind of fashion and form the people that come to us, or me anyway, where it's mostly women who are maybe in an unequally yoked marriage or they're in a marriage where um, they want to serve the Lord, but their husband kind of doesn't, and I can't really go to church, and I can't really do this. What what should I do? And uh, so I get to tell them, well, your main husband is, is Jesus, and um, you want to submit to the earthly husband that you have, you're going to find great joy in that. But um, it, it can't be anything that Jesus wouldn't have you do. Yeah, you know, Paula, one of the things I hear you say to, to women all the time, uh, women who are struggling, maybe they're in a relationship with somebody who is uh, abusive or uh, maybe somebody who is taking advantage of them sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you say often to them, you know, the problem is you don't know your value to God. Mm-hmm. You just don't know how much Jesus loves you. And that usually always hits a place in a heart where uh, a woman who is not feeling loved, a woman who is in a very difficult place, um, to, to hear, you, you mean God loves me? Mm-hmm. I'm special to God? Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of mileage out of that. I get a lot of mileage out of that because uh, we all want to know that we are loved and appreciate it and of course one of my favorite scriptures is song of solomon 4 7 all beautiful you are my darling there is no flaw in you and when we can accept that and and know how much jesus loves us and how he sees us um we begin to stand up a little straighter and when the the taunts or the negative from the enemy or anybody else comes at us we can say well they must be having a bad day because their eyesight is just not matching up with what my Jesus has told me, and so let me pray for them. And so you, you begin to um, really understand, Jesus died on the cross for me, and we begin to live that. Uh, in this, in this uh, I'm just reading in First uh, John 4, 7, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Um, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And so as, um, as the wives maybe of a husband that doesn't maybe quite love us the way we know he should, given himself up for us, um, to bring glory to God, we can turn around and pray for him and we can do our part to love him in spite of how we're being treated. Because, And that only is going to happen if and when you know your value. Yeah. You know, Paul, in a lot of relationships, um, women who are not loved, um, uh, we men say we love you and then we treat you um, in a very unloving way. I know, you big jerks. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, well, well, I love you, and 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 yet there's no benefit that that woman gets from from him him saying that. Yeah, yeah. And um, um, I I respond often that you know nobody can live loved until they really know they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was an old song a long time ago. I think it was a country song, uh, looking for love in all the wrong places. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and that's what women are doing. Um, I'm sorry, I know you're not a country girl, but no, but, but um, the, the whole idea here is is go find the one who really loves you and let him lavish you with his love. 
and, and then you'll refuse to believe the lies uh, that come from those who say they love you, but they don't really act like they yeah. love you at all. Yeah. And, and once you learn that you really are loved, that's why Song of Solomon has such value uh, for, for men and women alike. When you read the parts that say lover on them, mm -hmm. uh, that's Jesus speaking directly to you. When you really understand that and believe it, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. That's right. That's exactly right. And you know what? This kind of ties over into um, last night's uh, message, too, in Second Samuel 8, where you say, um, we must post a garrison daily, and then in my little parentheses it says, be serious about our duty post. Well, for me, my duty post is um, being your wife. After being Jesus' wife is being your wife for all the world to see but for you to know how much Jesus loves you through me. And so if I'm always looking to get my needs met or for you to love me the way you should, I'm going to miss um, my, my, the seriousness about my duty post. My duty post is to love you for Christ's sake. Mm -hmm. And in that way, I'm not really looking for you to love me back necessarily. Now, it would be nice, you know, I'd appreciate it, but, okay, I will. <laughs> yeah, start today. <laughs> Come on now. No. <laughs> um, but to be serious about my duty post, and that's loving Jesus with all of my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength. Um, and then you're next. And then uh, the church, because our kids, our biological kids don't live here. Um, and if they did, I would be a little more involved in their lives. Um, but only way, the way I can be involved in their life is through my prayers mainly, but my duty post really is to love you at home, wherever we are, and at the church. And Ron, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I can tell you you are doing well. You know, you said something, Paula, uh, a couple of minutes ago. You said that um, uh, someone we hear a lot, well, he doesn't meet my needs or she doesn't meet my needs. Um, and, and a lot of marriage counseling or relationship counseling is all about that. But, but you see, that's why knowing how much Jesus loves you matters so much because no human can meet your needs. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the more you put that pressure on your spouse or uh, a relationship that's developing that's not yet turned into marriage, the, the more you're going to fail and the, and the more tension there's going to be, the more stress there's going to be, you see, only Jesus can meet your needs. Mm -hmm. And um, we all the time have people say, especially women, but I need a human to hold me, a human to take care of me. No, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> and then when you know you're loved by God, then it completely changes your focus and you understand that, wait, my job isn't to have my needs met. My job is to meet the needs that those God puts in my path. Mm -hmm. And in this particular case, we're talking about a husband and a wife. Yeah. Now, if that, if, if it means, if this is the way it looks, practically, that you're doing everything you can to meet my needs, mm -hmm. and because I love you and I'm loved by God, I'm doing everything I can to meet your needs, mm -hmm. well, that's a pretty satisfying relationship. That's a pretty satisfying relationship. Yeah. Uh, and, thank and this you. is coming from a relationship that was really messed up mm -hmm. in the first half of our lives, mm -hmm. because neither of us knew Christ. And when Paula got saved and prayed for me for 13 years, she thought, well, finally, when he gets saved, now he's going to meet my needs. And I'm just a baby Christian trying to figure out how to take the next step in life. And, and uh, that's when Jesus is always there to pour himself out mm -hmm. on us. I think that's really an important word for some people in difficult marriages. And one of the things that I said in the study last night, if we're going to post a garrison, we're going to post a guard uh, against our flesh, against an enemy, against the world that we live in, um, th th then we've got to be in that place where we're being obedient to the call of God in our lives. Mm -hmm. And the reward we get from it is, is Jesus lavishing his love on us and then letting him do the changing in people uh, from day to day, week to week, year to year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can try to change people, we can manipulate, we can maneuver, <laughs> but the problem is they never stay changed. Mm -mm. When Jesus changes them, mm -hmm. they stay changed forever. <laughs> 
And um, it's just too much pressure to put on a relationship mm -hmm. to say, you have to meet my needs or you're not meeting my needs. Mm -hmm. Let God deal with that and let Jesus meet your needs. Yeah, I love it. You were saying last night, living in this world with our fellowship broken from Jesus is a scary place because one of the radio callers said that yesterday. Well, if I'm living in this world just self-absorbed, I got to be satisfied. You know, I need to be happy. I need to have all everything. Um, the Lord will, will say to me sometimes, why are you not content with, with, with me and what I've given to you? And then you went on to say that we can be super overcomers, no longer, hear this one, no longer living as a victim, holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness and whatever else. Um, if we will let that go, all of our past, all of the past hurts that have happened to us, all the past hurts that we've done to other people, we're going to be free. Yeah. And um, well, I just... Paul, Jesus said it this way. He said, if you find your life, you'll lose it. I know. If you lose your life for him, you'll find it. Mm -hmm. And all he asks us to do is to truly believe it. Ask his church, his, his, his body of believers to believe that one thing. Hey, we're 30 minutes into the program. We've got 30 minutes more to go. You're listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We'd love to have your calls and comments. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome welcome back to the second half of the thursday program the date day edition of the show i'm live in studio with my beautiful bride paula 340-9585 for your live calls and questions before I turn it back to Paula, let me ask each of you in this audience, however many thousands of you there are, deal with this one question and really wrestle with it honestly. Do you believe Jesus when he said, if you lose your life for him, you'll find what real life really is? Do you really and truly believe it? If you do, it'll change your life. You're not going to be dependent on what somebody else does or how somebody else treats you. You're not going to be burdened or bound by the things that happened in your past life. You, you no longer, as Paula indicated in the first half of the program, you're no longer a victim of what others have done to you, but you're more than a conqueror through him who loved us. Do you have enough faith to really believe? Test Jesus on this and see exactly what happens. Paula, back to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and you know, that is kind of a difficult thing because some people want to, they're, they're, want to forgive, but they're still living um, maybe with those same, it said, people who are still doing the same things to them. Well, even in that, we do have a, um, a position of authority. We, we don't have to be victims anymore if we just decide, you know, that's just kind of how life is. Not that we let somebody um, mistreat us. Not that. I'm not talking about that at all. Um, but to understand, look, Jesus took some mocking. You know, my, my, you know, we know that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, words do hurt, but they are not causing enough uh, for divorce. Because um, you get that question a lot. Can I get divorced because of this? Well, there's some stipulations as far as divorce goes, but um, we can choose for Jesus' sake. And I have a really, really good friend who has um, denied herself over and over, time and again, not being loved in her very own marriage. And yet she knows she's loved by Jesus. Jesus has called her to stay and changes are occurring, mostly in her. I look at her and I just think, you know, God asked me to do some very difficult things staying in my marriage, 
but not like hers. So anyway, God bless you um, if you know who I'm talking about. If you don't, God bless you if that's you. So anyway, Pastor Ron, the next thing I wanted to talk about is um, when you got to verse 2 last night, you started preaching, man. <laughs> <laughs> and the church, it was there were quite a few people there, and it just went hush as you were talking and um what what started it is um you were saying we must get rid of our sins it's not you know the moabites uh, but it's our personal sins and the next thing you said is the devil knows when we sin sexually we give the devil power and you ex exhorted us to kill the flesh have no mercy on it um remember that we've been redeemed and that when we deny our flesh, God gets the glory. Um, so go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And just so the audience understands, when Paula says I was preaching, I, I don't raise my voice. It isn't oh, no. anything like that. But it, it's amazing to watch when you're looking at a large group of people. It's amazing to watch the power of the Holy Spirit settle in the room because he was convicting people and talking to people. We're mm -hmm. talking about... Uh, the, the sins of the Moabites and how they were used uh, to, to draw the, the people of God Israel into lives that were sexually immoral, uh, which led then to worship of false gods, all because they couldn't control or wouldn't control their lust. Now, um, the parallels are important, but at the same time, we who live today, and those stories were great, but... Uh, we who live today, uh, the Bible says that they're written for us as examples so that we can learn from those stories. And sexual immorality is, I personally believe, the prevailing sin in the New Testament church. It used to be gossip. Yeah, well, in, in a long-ago day, yeah. Yeah, it, but now it's this. Well, because there's such access to, to sexual content, uh, there's just nothing that's hidden anymore. Um... You know, Paul says that when a man sins sexually, he sins against his own body. All other sins are outside his body. And the idea there is that when we sin sexually, we're giving Satan uh, an inroad, a foothold in our lives. And, of course, his ministry is to, to kill, to rob, to steal, and destroy. Uh, so what we've got to do is understand that that the Moabite in us, the flesh in us, that, that unholy lust that we suffer from, has got to be controlled, uh, and we've got to learn to honor God with our with our bodies. You know, the Bible says, uh, James, the Lord's half-brother writing it, he said that if we'll submit to God and resist the devil, the devil will flee from us. The problem is, is we are neither submitted to God when we're in a sexually immoral relationship, nor are we resisting the devil. In fact, we're playing right into his hands. And so when it got really quiet is when I was telling people, here's how you can honor God with your body. The only way you can honor God with your body, if you're single, is to remain sexually pure. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. And I told our people last night, and I want to tell the radio audience today, it, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter how many times you've blown it. But today, you can commit your body to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that raised Christ and the dead living in us, we can honor God by refraining from all sexual activity until we're married. Ask God to give you the, the temporary gift of celibacy. Nobody ever asked for that gift permanently. But say, Lord, I want to be single and I want to honor you in my singleness. And I know people rebel against that because they, well, they, it's not fair. Does God expect me to do without sex? Or does God expect me to be pure when other people aren't, when all these temptations are around? The answer is yes, he does. The minute you call Jesus Lord, the only way as a single person you can honor God with your body is to, to, to use your body as a living sacrifice to walk in holiness and to walk in and do the will of God. And so if you're single in this audience and you're uh, involved in pornography, you're involved sexually in a relationship with somebody you're not married to, I don't care what you feel. It's wrong. It's sin. And the, the enemy is going to destroy you. If you're married... And this is when it got even quieter last night. I said, if you're married, married, the way that you honor God with your body inside your marriage is have a passionate, fulfilling, exciting, adventurous sex life. God wants the physical relationship between a husband and a wife to be 
fulfilling. He wants it to be a source of great joy. He wants it to be fun. And, you know, too many of us as married Christians, we just sort of settle for way less than than God's best. We we grow content with, well, this is just the way it is. And, and instead of saying, Jesus, let me be the one that honors you with my body by opening up sexually to my husband or to my wife. And there are some in the audience who say, well, you don't know my husband or my wife, but God does. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He wants somebody in the marriage, especially in a Christian marriage, to start acting like a Christian. And the way we honor God is to treasure that time. And and unless we are sexually fulfilled in our marriages, the enemy is going to have an opportunity. And we're not at all pleasing the Lord. Let me say this, Paul, and then I'll get off my pie horse here. <laughs> I love it. Um, We've got to understand, in, in, in the context of the Moabites, they were destroyed by David and his armies. And the people that they tried to get to help them, they were destroyed as well. And, and the, the Moabites who were spared brought, brought tribute to God. And if we want to bring tribute to God in our lives, if we want to honor God with our lives, then we've got to do what he says is right within a Christian marriage instead of the other way around. There's no reason to settle for images on a computer screen. There's no reason to look at things that, that you know God wouldn't approve of. Um, turn that sexual energy into your own home. Men, make your wife feel like the most beautiful, the most loved, the most precious woman in the face of the world, earth. Women, make your husband feel like he's King Kong. He's the caveman, the conqueror. And respect him. And be, as I said before, sexually adventurous and let God bless you. He wants to do it. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the phone call, Paul. We've got an anonymous call from San Antonio on line one. Thank you for calling. You're on let's the see. air. Is it, is, is, am I on the air? You're on the air. Hello? Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, I listened to the radio. So I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I've got a question. Um, we, um, a lot of times in my life, and just it's happening again a lot, that, um, uh, you know, I will have a reaction to something that's maybe not that good. You know, like somebody will ask us something or ask us to do something or come, I'm broke down, come here and do this, you know, all the way, you know. I mean, just crazy stuff, and my reaction will not be good. I'll say, like, really? Why did they, you know, and I'll just get all on a tear. And um, But my husband will be like, uh, yeah, you know, we need it. I need it. Go help him. No one else can help him or is going to help him. I'll go help him. And so then after a little bit, I feel better. But sometimes, you know, he will go and, like, let those people know that I wasn't really happy about it. And it really kind of is not good because, you know, then they, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I sinned. I I really have strong feelings. Like, I don't want to help these people or I don't want to do this. And for them to find that out, you know, really makes me feel very bad. Of course, it feels, I feel very exposed. Has that ever happened to you and Paula? (laughs) Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Just in in regular life, because see, now we have like granddaughters, and sometimes they do crazy things that we don't like. And then we have people that have like tattoos and crazy stuff. And I don't mind tattoos; that's fine. It's their body; they could do what they want. But if they have like a tattoo, like in a really crazy place, that really, in my mind, it's like they're gonna get criticism. People are gonna really like a Mickey Mouse on your cheek or something like really in your face, you know. And it's like, well, they really like that, and you know, and they want they don't want you to act adversely, you know? They want you to love them and just, you know, but it's kind of like they're shoving things down your throat and saying, see, now you've got to love me because you're Christian and, you know, whether it's anything from, you know, cutting hair like crazy mohawk or whatever to saying, uh, I think I'm gay and I want to come stay with you and, you know, and I mean, just crazy stuff, but yet we've got to put up with it and we've got to love them and we've got to just smile. I mean, we can't be dishonest and say, oh, I think that looks great, you know? But on the <laughs> other hand, our face is telling them that this really stinks and you look like a jerk, you know? And, yep. but, 
and they know that, and so now we're judging them all of a sudden. Yeah. So if you can yeah. clarify some of that, I'll I'll listen online because the two of them, it's kind of like I can talk to my husband about something, but or or the mama or somebody, and if but if they go back to that person and say, well, grandparents feel like you're a jerk, you know, and you did something stupid, <laughs> you know, that it just really it, it makes a lot of problems. Now the poor kid is all distraught because we yeah. don't like what you did, and it's like, well, no, we don't. I'm sorry. I love you, but, you know, it's like you should have known you were going to get this reaction. You know, what did you mm-hmm. want us to do, you know? Okay. <laughs> we well, got thank it. You, thank you. So thank, thanks very much. <laughs> you know, you know uh, one of the things, and, and I'll preface my remarks, Paula, with this. You've got to earn the right by loving people to be able to tell them they're a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I've got a, a large church filled with people. Um, they know I love them. Mm-hmm. They know uh, where my heart is. And I can say some things because I've got a, 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 some equity built into the relationship that other people can't say. And I've looked at people in my church who did dumb things and said, well, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. What made you think you could do that? And they don't immediately jump to, well, you're judging me. Now, well, there are immature Christians who, who jump to that conclusion. But but we've we got to be able to tell people the truth in love. But you can't tell them the truth in love if you haven't loved them. The other thing I would say, and let me deal with your husband's situation first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Paul will have a lot to add with this. Um, When the opportunity to serve arises, whenever possible, if you're available, you have to be willing to fulfill that. Now, uh, if that were me and and Paula was always wanting to help people, um, it doesn't matter if they did something dumb, that's something that, that put him in this position in the first place. What I would do is I, I'd be so proud of Paula for wanting to help. And it's my job as her husband to say, uh, you know, Paul, I've noticed that this one person is doing this a lot and learning to depend on you instead of going to the Lord. So maybe we back off a little bit. But a husband and wife have to be able to talk like this. The other thing that I would say to you is um, when you react and you have a bad reaction, admittedly so, thank you for being honest about that. But you've got to fix that. You've got to change that. Mm-hmm. You know, what somebody does to you doesn't give you the right to be a jerk if you're a man, a jerkette if you're the woman. Um, You can control your emotions. You can control your responses. When you're governed by the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. So when you immediately respond by by lashing out at something or, or letting somebody have a piece of your mind... Well, instantly you can identify that as flesh. Now, should your husband have said to them, well, my wife was upset because I did this, or this is how she reacted? Of course not. Of course not. But if you don't give your husband the opportunity to to do that, then he wouldn't have anything to say. If your husband comes to you and says, well, there's nobody else to help him, I'm going to go help him. And say, you know what, why don't I ride with you? If that's possible. Or I'll be praying for you while you're gone. And then the whole time you can thank God that you've got a husband who's a godly man who will do that instead of always being so easily offended. So be controlled by the Spirit of God, demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit instead of doing that. Now you asked if Paula and I have those issues. You know, there's a lot of things. Paula is the most expressive face I know. And if she sees something that is upsetting to her, believe me, everybody knows. She gets this look on her face like, what is that all about? But you know what? She responds by loving them. If I see somebody with piercings or or, uh, uh, tattoos, we have a son who has some horrible tattoos before he got saved. Uh, and when I look at those tattoos now, rather than getting upset, I just say, you know, God, thank you for redeeming him. Thank you for taking that young man and turning him into the man that he is today. And Paula, um, from from the wife's perspective, um, sometimes we think we have to have an opinion about everything. Mm-hmm. We need to look at the people that are upsetting to us or offsetting to us. 
we need to look at those people through the eyes of Jesus. That's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like you. My, a lot of times my first response is like, no, I'm not going to do that. I've helped these people so many times. Blah, 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 blah. But when I take the time to um, get Jesus' heart on it, because our first response, sometimes it's usually our flesh response, it's our actions that really do matter. And so... Um, if we can take that and go before the Lord, you know, maybe with your husband and say, you know, a lot of times we just jump and help people. Maybe we should pray, like Ron was saying. Maybe it's time for us to back off. But if he says, no, the Lord wants me to continue um, ministering to him, like Ron said, then do that. But, yeah, my first reaction is usually, um, and, and praise the Lord, Pastor Ron doesn't really know that. <laughs> Because, because of self-control. My my first response is usually, no. I'm like the son that says, no, I don't want to do that. And then, you know, the Lord, because I love Jesus, it's like, well, okay, that's what you want. I'm going to go do that. He put his hands down. He tells me this all the time. Hands down, heart open. Because I never know what he's doing. There was a girl who used to come to our church, and she was just a mess. She, uh, she has like three kids, three different daddies, and the Lord wanted me to go to every single one of her baby showers. And I was like, what? I do not. This is ridiculous. I did not want to go. But I went all three times. And all three times. It wasn't necessarily for her. It was for me to be obedient. Um, but then the other people who were there could see that my hands were down and my heart was open to be able to continually want to love for Jesus' sake. And I tell you what, a lot of her family and friends are now walking with the Lord, even though she isn't. And so what are you going to do? I mean, there's other people who are involved, not just that one that you might have an issue with. Here's another one. Ron and I are out to breakfast with our grandkids on vacation, and they're little. And they want to order everything on the menu. Well, I'm married to the Proverbs 11:25 man. A, a generous man will himself be blessed. And so these little kids are offering, like, one of everything. And they're not going to eat all that food, and I know it. And I'm like, we're going to spend money we don't need to be spending. And these kids are, like, not grateful. They just feel entitled. Well, I lost it. I was like, hey, you know. And then, of course, later I have to apologize to them. Um, you don't want to be in that situation. I misrepresented the Lord, almost like uh, Moses struck, striking that rock twice. When that God's given me these grandkids to minister His love to them, and I didn't really do it. And yeah. so you got to say you're sorry. I hate saying I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you know we 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 all have to realize that we have no right to our flesh. Mm -hmm. No matter what somebody does to provoke it. We have no right to our flesh. Do not repay evil with evil. Mm -hmm. um, we, we can live controlling our flesh instead of being controlled by our flesh. Mm -hmm. And that will determine to what extent the Lord will use you. Um, you know, Paula, I want to take the last few minutes here to finish addressing this, this conversation because uh, it's important. One, one thing that I want to say, and then I'll let you tell a story about our kids. Okay. Um, uh, you mentioned somebody's gay. Loving them is not accepting that. Yeah. You know, we don't love them by saying, okay, what you're going to do is if you want to do it, I'm just going to love on you. You don't do that. Mm -mm. What you do is you say, Jesus says that sin. And sin is going to separate you from God and you're going to spend forever in hell. And I don't want to do that. It would break my heart to think about heaven without you. And And we have to take a stand for the Lord. If my children were in a homosexual relationship or if they were living with their, and this is a story I want you to yep. tell, yep. if they were living with somebody they weren't married to and that ha almost happened in our home, uh, we would tell them, look, you're, you're not welcome to come to our house and act like you're playing house. You know, we're not going to treat you like you're married. If you're not married, that's sin. That's wrong. So we take a stand for the Lord, but my, my boys know that we love them. And now their wives know that we love them. But Paula, that's exactly what you said to our kids. Yeah. And you went one step further and talked to both of the, the, the girls. Yeah. Uh, our, our older son was going to move in with his girlfriend. And so I had them both over to our apartment. And I, looking right at her, I said, he doesn't love you. Um, and if he did, he would marry you. Everything was in her name, and I was so disappointed because it was my son. I said, I will not be able to help you with rent. 
when you get sick, I would love to be able to bring chicken noodle soup and help you. I won't be able to do that. And if you ever come and visit here at this house, you can't stay overnight um, because we're not going to pretend like you're married. We have to rightly represent the Lord. I love you like crazy. I told the, I told the girl, come live with me. My son will, he's a survivor, he'll make it. But you come live with me for free. And it's going to save you a lot of pain. And we can talk about Jesus. And I can tell you, I didn't even know the phrase, you don't know your value. But she didn't know her value. I said, it's going to end up like this. And I don't want, when this breaks up, because my son's going to use and abuse you, um, I don't want to say, I told you so when you call me. And it wasn't even a year that she called me. But yeah, we got to stand up and say, no, that's not right. Yeah. So, so loving people isn't accepting whatever they do. Yeah. Uh, it's it's loving them and correcting them, if that's appropriate. Uh, caller, remember that your flesh wants to destroy you. Your flesh wants to harm your witness for Christ. Uh, your flesh wants to diminish the joy and the passion in your marriage. So rejoice that you got a husband that wants to help people. Rejoice. And then if you think he's being taken advantage of, then pray for him. Mm-hmm. Pray for him. He doesn't need your opinion. And so often we think our opinion matters and uh, in our flesh instantly we want to give it. So don't lose it. Don't blow it. Don't say things that you're going to regret later and mm-hmm. have to repent of. Mm-hmm. Instead, just walk in the power of God's Spirit and it will save you a lot of pain. It will save you, a lot, and it will save people that you love a lot of pain yes. as well. The end of that story I was telling is when our younger son was going to do the same thing as our older son had done, and he knew how it turned out, he tried to warn his younger brother, don't go the same route. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it works. And, and the Lord was so good, I had the privilege of marrying both of my boys yes. so when yes, when the right woman came along <laughs> hey thanks for tuning in today this has been the date day edition of the word to stand on for life we'll be back from Plano Texas tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 the word we'd love to have your calls and your questions we'll see you then bye from Plano have a great week we'll see you tomorrow thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.